I mean, it's just gotten easier. You know, like anything, if you practice it enough, I can put together a website in a day. I can design a course and get everything going very quickly. I know who to hire if I need help for things. I've got an artist that I've worked with for a long time now who's just brilliant and she does my artwork. So over time, you just get better and better at it. Hey friend, it's David Nabinski here in New York City. So excited for today's Portfolio Career Podcast episode with Robin Rice. Robin and I became friends through the Podcasting Fellowship where I had the lucky privilege and honor in meeting her. And so excited to talk to her today for you where you'll learn about her decades of experience in online courses, her Be Who You Are Academy has trained over 15,000 students with free courses such as Training Your Inner Warrior and Finding Your Voice. She is a four-time author as well. Robin is a professional thinking partner that offers life-changing support to high-profile change makers from the political, NGO, entrepreneurial, and arts communities. We talk about many of her social change projects here and how she was an early pioneer on Facebook, creating public pages to spark conversations and build community, and that she had been pioneering and an early adopter in online courses as well. Robin shares many of her secrets and insights as to how to launch projects successfully And Robin also shares some ideas on lessons learned from decades of her experience in creating projects and courses and how to think about marketing your work and so much more. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Robin. Um, So Robin, if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you typically introduce yourself? Oh gosh, I try not to <laughs> most of the time. Um, you know, I do a lot of things. I I, uh, I tell people about social change projects. I might say, um, I mean, I'm assuming we're not in front of a crowd, right? I'm just saying hello to somebody. Uh, so if I'm saying hello to somebody, uh, I talk about social change projects. I write some books. And uh, my main job that I get paid for is mentoring leaders uh, one-on-one. And um, usually those leaders are, not always, but usually they're in trouble in some kind of challenging situation. So uh, I wouldn't go all the way to say I'm a fixer, but it's along those lines. Okay, amazing. Um, well, thanks for um, uh, your time and your expertise here today. And uh, clearly there's a bunch to talk about. And you mentioned um, writing books and also online courses and teaching and stuff. Maybe we could s- start start there in the sense of what do you think has been some of the common thread between um, some of your work and uh, and how uh, have you seen that kind of evolve throughout your career? The social change? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing because I, I feel like the social change is about my not being able to sit back and, and live life the way that it's supposed to be prescribed by the general culture. Um, I couldn't work for somebody else because I just couldn't deal with a lot of the stuff that goes on, you know, a lot of just the, you know, the lack of creativity, the lack of free expression, all of those kinds of things. And so when it came to social change projects, when I saw something that needed to be changed, I didn't try to um, edit myself, I think is the biggest thing. I didn't have to edit myself. I like to say nobody pays me so nobody can stop me. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of see it just as this massive canvas that we have in the society now and i've learned how to create videos i learned how to create music videos i learned how to create 
you know, um, podcasts now, online teaching, um, ads, you know, graphics, all those kinds of things. Those are all things that any of us can learn now. And so if I'm willing to do it and I'm willing to kind of use my social media crowd, which has grown because of the social change projects and then, you know, continues to foster that, uh, then I have an audience that's, you know, interested in what I have to say and they're willing to share it and I get that set up in advance. And so I look at it all as sort of, it's just a, if you, if you, if you pull back, it's really just a commentary on what about the world I'm not okay with enough to do something about. <laughs> it's really, that's what it is, whether it's beauty standards or, you know, not supporting our LGBTQ youth or looking at loneliness just growing, you know, astronomically and affecting our health and all of those kinds of things. Those are all things that I just really care about. Mm-hmm. And have you seen, you know, kind of the the landscape change a lot and how have you kind of adapted through you know, identifying the problem is one thing, but I think also maybe going to market and kind of creating a, you know, a business model or at least some type of path to kind of at least sustain it. You know, how, how have you been able to uh, adapt with those and uh, as kind of the changes in technology and, and the culture? Well, I mean, obviously online is really where things are happening now. So that was always the easiest part for me was to just grow a social media. I was one of the first pages on Facebook that ever had uh, 10,000 people because I was really interested in how do we create a generosity model of creating a page as opposed to, hey, this is about me and a little more about me and some more about me. I, you know, I put it out there and I put it out for everybody. And we did things like have a holiday um, exchange where, you know, often you have kids who don't get holiday presents. But the reality is you also have, you know, 60 year old women who live alone who aren't going to get a holiday present. And so I created an exchange, which was super easy. And someone gave a gift and someone received a gift and we created connection. And uh, that was one of the first ones that I did that I said, this is, this is not hard. This is just a little bit of logistical stuff. And of course it's even easier now with all the tools that we have back then. Gosh, how long ago was that? It was a while ago, 10 years, maybe 15, uh, whenever it was. But I think now, you know, we just, we have every tool available to us. You can, you can go and get a website in a day and learn how to drag and drop and say anything you want to say. Uh, I think one of the challenges I see is most people do look for how do I make money at this? I want to do this, but then how do I make money at this? And that's never my first question. That's always my last question if I even need to make money at it. And sometimes I don't. You know, if I don't need to make money to support it, I'm not going to have a financial model alongside of it. And sometimes that's cost me a lot. You know, we had a really successful uh, program with Stop the Beauty Madness. And I had 25 ads that was picked up and it went all over the world, major media all over the world. And even the Today Show called and they filmed a, you know, a piece with me. And then the stock photo company said, sorry, Today Show and Robin, you're going to have to pay a lot of money to use these because it's going to go to a much wider audience, which uh, I had to pay and they actually closed it down because they said we can't afford what they're going to charge us for this segment, which I thought was really sad because it, you know, it was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that cost me like $10,000 that I wasn't expecting to spend on it. So sometimes, but you know, money's, I earn money in other ways. I, I have a job, I have work, I make a good living. And I, I always find it's like, if you really care about something and you're willing to donate to it, why wouldn't you be willing to create it without a financial agenda? That to me is the same thing. It's like donating. 
Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like um, your advice to people is, is it's easier to, to start the project and to get it off, off the ground and you don't need the money to, you don't need as much of a business model. You can just start and yeah. it's never, it's been a lot, e- it's easy, a lot easier now than it has been in the past. So if, 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 if you've been able to do it for 10 years plus, it should be a lot easier for beginning creators like myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's exciting. It's exciting what's possible. I mean, you can say anything you want. And I tell people who are interested in doing this, like, be edgy, go to the edge, because that's actually what people want to share. People want to share something new and different and something that's, and it doesn't have to be, you know, provocative edgy. It just has to be on the edge of what people are saying. And then, then you're at the start of the conversation and it gets people interested. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the the courses that you've taught over the years, it seems like the focus on that has been really kind of empowering people to be who they are and what's on their mind and, um, and maybe speak to a little bit more about that. Yeah. So basically it's personal and spiritual growth is, is kind of the, my industry, if you will. I actually am really interested in consciousness, which I don't think is necessarily spiritual but it's always personal growth. Um, so uh, it can be spiritual that can go down that road, but it isn't necessarily, you know, always together. I think a lot of people put them together. Sometimes what I teach is specifically spiritual in nature, but I also teach about flow states and I teach about becoming a master storyteller with your life. Uh, you know, how do we tell the stories that we're, that, are, that come up in our lives and how that shapes our life. And as a novelist, cause I'm also a novelist, I know what it takes to start with a 100% blank page and, and no characters, no themes, no time frame, no anything, absolute zero, and create an entire world that, that someone hopefully falls in love with and, and has an experience with. And so if we can do that on a page, why can't we do it with our life? So I teach about that. I teach about how we, you know, how we're doing that and usually unconsciously how we're doing it. And so how can we consciously do it? Can you maybe provide an example or kind of a resource or an exercise that somebody could do that's listening to this about that, that teaching work? Yeah. Yeah. So notice the stories that you tell over and over again. People often go into psychology and talk about unresolved conflict and all of those kinds of things. And yes, you can go in and you can figure that out. And sometimes I think figuring it out is the booby prize, right? Like, it's great that you figured it out, but did, did you stop telling the story, you know? And so if you tell the story over and over again, uh, and you notice that you tell that same themed story, whether it's your relationships or your money or your health, then you have a theme that you're working with. And I, I call it like building a story mountain. You have this mountain and then anything that happens to you seems to find a way to get build up that mountain. And, uh, and so why, why do we have to do that? We don't. We just don't know that we don't have to. And so we can look at it and we can say, well, if I was editing, if this was in a book and I was editing the book, if I was an editor, I would say, man, you are really hammering this point. You don't need to say it 54 times. You've said it three. I got the point. Don't keep hammering this. So when I look at it as an editor, I can see my own stories and where I'm really kind of putting my own nails in my own coffin. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's a story I don't want to tell. I mean, good stories are great, but a story that I don't want to tell something bad that's happened to me and over and over again, I'm going to tell that story and, and, and I become known by that story. That's a choice I'm making. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's a choice to quickly fix it to some extent. 
absolutely. We are the ones I actually, I'm, I, I learn a lot in my dreams. I have a very big dream life. And uh, even last night I had, I had a dream where um, I was, they were showing me, they, whoever it is, was showing me there was this switch. And they said, when you're unhappy, you can just flip the switch and, and smile and choose to be happy. And, and I was like, well, that's easy. Like <laughs> just learn to flip the switch. And they said, yeah, but you have to practice flipping the switch. And that was literally my dream. Like you have to pra wow. practice flipping the switch. I'm like, makes sense. I have to practice that. I got it. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting about dreams and uh, not to go too much off tangent here, but I feel like in the last three years, I haven't remembered a dream. But when I was growing up, I used to remember them all the time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, it's, um, I think, I think you have to kind of have enough space in your life for dreams to rise up. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I, I wouldn't know you well enough to know what's going on, but I'd ask for them to come back because, man, my, if my dream life wasn't there, I don't think I'd have much fun. Maybe they're, they happen during the day. There you go. There you go. You could be just so getting it all so perfectly during the day that they don't need to, like me, they have to come and hit me over the head at night. Yeah. Um, and uh, also going back to like this idea of how kind of technology has changed has your creative process or rituals or kind of lifestyle design or kind of ways to like how you build projects, has any of that kind of changed throughout the, you know, kind of the decades of, of work they've done? I mean, it's just gotten easier, you know, like anything, if you practice it enough, I can put together a website in a day. I can design a course and get everything going very quickly. I know who to hire if I need help for things. I've got an artist that I've worked with for a long time now who's just brilliant and she does my artwork. So over time, you just get better and better at it. And of course, there's new technology all the time. I'm not huge in technology. I learn what I have to learn to get by is basically what I do, which means I know a lot because I've had to get by on a lot of different levels. Uh, but I still, by no means, am an expert on most of the things. I just learn what I have to learn to get it done. And more and more, like, you know, I, I teach on Kajabi, and Kajabi is, it's plug and play for so many things. I mean, I'm giving them a plug right now, but I really, they've done me good. I'm, I was a founding member, and I'm now a Kajabi hero, and whatever that means, but it's, it's, it really works well, and it's, it serves the needs of meeting uh, an education platform for me, and that wasn't there five years ago. I was hunting and packing with websites, you know, trying to piece it together. This one, you know, advertised it, and this one delivered it, and this one, you know, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I've started using Kajabi a little bit as well. It's, it's great. Yeah. One of the things that we, uh, I know that we wanted to talk about was how to kind of successfully launch projects or at least, um, and I know that that's a little bit how we got the honor of talking together was through the podcasting fellowship and around podcasting and stuff. And, you know, you recently came out to your podcast and uh, would just love to hear a little bit more about how you were planning in advance. I didn't, I didn't do much planning. Um, my, 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 I was lucky to start, so <laughs> which that can hold people up. So yeah, um, but yeah, we'd just love to hear a little bit more about how to kind of how you think about rolling out projects and making sure that uh, they're at least successful in your mind. Yeah, well, and sometimes they're not, but for the most part, I try to design it so that it has 
as much chance as possible. So I do have a system and one of these days I'm going to create a social change project on how to create a social change project. Uh, and it'll be really in depth on giving everything away of what I do. But the first thing that I do is, um, again, I, I get a concept that it's really a need that's not being met. So in this case, Goodnight Robin is a podcast. It's five minutes and then me just saying goodnight to lonely people to combat loneliness. It's not rocket science. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get very boring over time for people for five minutes of my day. Um, I certainly don't go into, you know, super depth stuff because, I mean, I try to do a little coaching, if you will, but um, I don't want to agitate people before they go to sleep. So it's by necessity a little bit boring. Um, but the idea is that there's compassion in there and that if you're alone, you can have that. So when I started that, I said, I, I had this idea 20 years ago and I didn't have a delivery system that I felt good about. And then podcasting came along. I thought about it again 10 years ago and still couldn't figure it out. And then when podcasting came along, I said, that's how I can do it. I can deliver this message and get this to people. Uh, so what I did when I first started it, and this actually helps you get it done because people are on board with you and they're expecting things to happen, is I just asked on my um, social media, who would like to be a part of my next social change project? It has to do with loneliness. I didn't give them the name Goodnight Robin. I did not give them the details. I didn't do anything. I just said, who would like to be a part of this? And because people have followed me for a while now, they say, yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to see what you're up to and I'd be glad to help. And even if you only have five or 10 people willing to do that, that's great. I, I capped it at 100 and I could have gone to more now that I have such a large social media, but I capped it at 100, of which I would say probably about... 40 to 50 actually engaged with me on it and 20 ended up actually giving me $8 a month to help support it. So that was great too, to actually, that's the first time I really have asked people to support it um, with, you know, kind of like a, a patron method. I don't, didn't use Patreon, but I used that method. Uh, and then these people help me make the decisions. Do you like this music or this music? Do you like this you know, graphic or that graphic. This is the title I'm working with. Does it work for you? How does it land? And I just ask them all the way along. And what this does, and I've done this with all my social change projects, is it gives ownership to everybody in the group of the project that's coming up. They no longer think of it as, oh, this is something Robin is doing. They now understand that their input has helped create this so they own it with me and i and i really feel like they own it with me i'm not just that's not a ploy i i feel like we have made this it keeps me on track um i i have postponements most of the time because most projects do and they get to see behind the scenes why that's happening and i share the process with them i share when we had to change producers i share when you know um the google analytics thing wasn't working or it wasn't analytics it was just google play or whatever, um, whatever those, those things are that are holding things up, the legal side of it, what do I have to do legally? And, oh, we've got this problem. So they saw it all through and then they said, okay, well now this is mine. So when it came time to share it, I had all of those people sharing their own project, not my project, not asking them to share. And then I taught them how to share. I taught them how to best share on Facebook because it's different than Instagram. And I gave them an education. So all the way through, I was teaching them something that they could then do. They could go create their own social change project and see what went into it, see if they wanted to do it, see what kind they wanted to do it. And, and so an education process for free is something that 
was valuable to them as well uh, for those who might want to create their own. Even if they want to just create their own business, you can do the same thing. So that was how I got it primed for the people who are ready to share. And then, you know, we ended up with 6,500 downloads our first month. And that's because some of those people had bigger audiences, but a lot of them had small audiences and they just shared it. I asked them to share it with at least one person they knew that was actually lonely, that they felt comfortable saying, you might want this, and then to share it with whomever else they felt comfortable sharing it with. And if they needed help learning how to use a podcast, then you could help them download it. I requested that they do that. Um, and then I said, if you, if that doesn't work, it's on YouTube, go send them to YouTube. That's pretty easy. So getting all that together and having them be a part of it is, is the whole methodology. And I did it for your holiday mom where, you know, moms write letters to LGBTQ youth um, over the holidays. And, you know, you have 40 moms writing letters, you have 40 people sharing it. And that happens every year. So of course it grows. And uh, how would you, is that kind of like an apprenticeship or just kind of project volunteers or how would you kind of? Totally volunteer. All of it's volunteer. Your holiday mom costs us $15 a year. I have someone who now runs the editing and the uploading who is amazing. And then I have um, someone else who does the Tumblr and they're both volunteers and God bless them because I don't know how I'd be in the seventh year without that. Uh, We now have about, I think we have about 2,600 on our list of moms willing to write letters. And this was our very first year where we didn't have to nag them. <laughs> like, we need your letters. We need them in. Uh, this year, they were, they were in within a week. So it can take a long time for some of those things to happen. But now, now we have people who want to write letters because they, you know, again, the moms have an experience. On, on the day that it's their day, it's their day to respond to the comments. And so it's, it becomes very personal and it's a growth experience. I remember one time we had a mom who'd actually lost uh, her child. And so she was being a mom to everybody else. And it's an incredibly touching story. Hmm. Yeah, I was actually, I was just looking at that, the website earlier today and there's, I don't know, a couple hundred comments. It's, it's truly remarkable, Robin. Yeah, yeah. It's, we had 35,000 interactions our first year in the first 40 days. And then from there, it just grew. And there's actually thousands of comments on there if you go back through the years. Wow. Yeah. And they're, they're heart-wrenching comments, by the way. They're, these are not, oh, hey, that's nice. It's like, hey, mom, thanks for writing me this letter. I can smell the cocoa and I wish I was with you. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're participating in the, you know, the idea behind it was, I know the power of story. And so... I helped design this in such a way that every mom who's writing a letter, she's staying away from politics. She's staying away from the hot topics. You know, she says, sorry, you have to sit next to crazy uncle Joe, but someone does every year, you know, and you're the one this year, sorry. And we'll go for a nice long walk and we'll talk about, you know, your life. And, and, but, but we make it very sensual. You can smell it. You can hear it. You can taste it. And, and I feel like I'm walking in the door of your house. And that's by design. We did that intentionally. And when you do that, and when you read that, you're, you know, we know what we know about brains and neuroplasticity and storytelling is, is that you feel like you're in that house. And so you feel that love and you feel that acceptance. And because of that, we save lives every year. I, I mean, I'm amazed at how many emails we get that said, I was going to take my life tonight and I found this and I'm not. I mean, that's, to me, if I didn't do anything else in my life, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. 
And then, you know, like Stop the Beauty Madness um, was, it went around the world and I would get emails from women in um, Asian countries and they would say, I have to use cream so that my face is whiter. And how did you know to write the ad about that? And it's because I had focus groups and those focus groups became those early adopters. And I got a lot of it wrong. I would have made so many mistakes if I didn't have those focus groups telling me, you can't say that lady, <laughs> you know, or this is like, okay, you just stepped over a boundary. And, you know, there's some really poignant ads in there that are really in your face. And, and you know, interviewers would say all the time, did you have to be so rough? And I'm like, yeah. I did because you have to look at the whole body of it to see this is not you, this is culture. And, and I wanted to make a portrait of culture around beauty. Uh, and it struck a nerve. Again, it was all over the world and media of all over the world. Mm-hmm. Right next to beauty ads, amazingly. <laughs> For beauty magazines, right next to the cream that we were talking about. It was, it was, I took screenshots of some of them, it was pretty hysterical. And also sad. Mm. So I'm, I'm hearing, uh, so a lot of benefits of creating work and just kind of the, cons- by doing that, then you build following and then means you, it's easier to start the next project. It's easier to get supporters being a little bit on the edge and yeah, it's interesting to, I, I'm excited to hear more about this, uh, how to start a social change project. I, I'm feeling, I hear like I'm listening to a couple of the different elements of them, but, um, yeah, well, I made a lot of mistakes. So that's what I hope to share is, is, and it's okay to make mistakes. You know, if you're willing, if you're willing to, to learn from them and you're willing to be humble enough to say, yeah, I screwed up or, or whatever, you're willing to pay the $10,000, which was not, you know, it wasn't, it was not, that's not a small amount of money to pay for being successful. I never thought, wow, I'll have to pay more if I'm successful, but it makes sense because you're using stock photos and that's how stock photos work. And I couldn't talk them into just saying, isn't this a good idea? They're like, no, pay us, pay us more. They wanted a lot more than that. Um, and, and you know, the whole, we're going to sue you and all this. So, you know, you're shaking in your boots a little bit sometimes, but it's okay. And, and I guess that's something I've learned over so many of them is that each one does its own good and its own work and it goes as far as it goes. And if it doesn't go any further, then it doesn't. And you will create, I'll create another one next, you know? Yeah. It's, um, you know, somebody who's just getting started, it's, um, uh, a privilege and honor to talk to you with so much projects and work that you've done over the, uh, over the decades. Um, thank you. Thank you. And, and a lot of people don't even know that about me. You know, because for years we didn't even have a way to find out who Shamama was on your holiday mom. So it does, you don't, you can just do it because you want to do it. You know, it doesn't have to be for anything else than that. And Shamama, that's uh, the profile of. Yeah, of- Shamama is the creator of, of your holiday mom. Comes from shaman and mama because at the time I was teaching contemporary shamanism. So <laughs> I kind of put those two together. Okay. Um, was there anything else, you know, Robin, as you think about advice or insights or lessons learned for, you know, people that are looking to design their life around projects, learning, um, creating, um, and, and social change? I think it's just, don't be afraid to own what it is you want to say, you know, the, the real, the real merit of the projects comes from the collection of people that have contributed from everybody who leaves a comment 
from the ideas themselves, not from you. So I think we tend to get afraid to put ourselves out there because we think, well, this is how is this going to reflect on me? And uh, and I rem I'm reminded of the, the old thing, you know, um, you wouldn't worry so much about what people thought about you if you knew how seldom they did. <laughs> it's like, just go do the work. The work will stand or the work will fall, but just go do the work and, and have a ball. Like I have a great time. I have an incredible time creating what I care about. Uh, and, and, you know, that to me, that's, that's made up my life. That's my, I'm a creator. So go be a creator. I mean, this is what Seth says all the time, right? You know, go make a ruckus or whatever, but it's, you know, and, and Seth is, I think, you know, pretty famous, if you will, for what he did. I'm not, you know, and that's okay. Like I didn't do it. I don't think he did it for that either. You know, to be honest, I think he just is super accessible and, and people just really relate to him, but you can do this and be even reasonably shy. You don't have to be, you don't have to look at that and say, well, I could never be Seth. It's like, no, you won't be. You'll just be you. Be as you are. That's all we got. <laughs> Amazing, Robin. Well, please let uh, listeners know where they can uh, find your podcast and um, any of your other work that you'd like to point people to. Okay. Uh, RobinRice.com is where you can find everything. Um, if you click through and such, that's my main website. Be Who You Are is where my library of uh, work is and training your inner warrior and things like that. And then um, Goodnight Robin is where you'll find or just Google, um, you know, Goodnight Robin on any podcast that you, you know, that wherever you get your podcasts. Daily podcast too. Yep. Daily. <laughs> that's another story because <laughs> you don't dive in small right no it has to be a daily podcast on youtube yep yeah amazing thank you so much robin really appreciate it thank you david i appreciate it too hey friend thanks again for tuning in to another episode of portfolio career podcast wanted to also let you know about my monthly newsletter called one email away where I fundamentally believe that we are all one email away from new opportunities. And if there's a way that I could potentially help you to connect with other people, I would love to do that. So one email away, um, you can sign up for my newsletter on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. You can also see the one email away section. But just want to take this moment to say thank you for, for listening to this episode. Really excited for us to build and grow our portfolio careers together. 